Welcome back to the Vine Church Podcast. Today, we will be continuing our devotional series, The Gospel According to Zechariah. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at the Vine Church Heart, and we'd love to have you join us over there. Good morning to you. Hi, sorry for the delay uh, this morning. Um, I had a bit of a problem getting the um, the actual thumbnail up on the uh opening screen but welcome hi Dave Harper good morning to you um so we're going we're in the last bit of Zechariah and we're about to finish with a couple more sessions and we're we're done so well done if you've persevered to study through this amazing book but it is also quite a a dense book isn't it and uh, as we come to chapter 14 it's quite interesting that Martin Luther the great teacher Martin Luther said when he got to chapter 14, here in this chapter, I give up, for I am not sure what the prophet is talking about. So I can take encouragement from that if that's what Martin Luther thought. Um, Nevertheless, I do think that we can make some uh, sense of this chapter. And actually, there's some wonderful encouragement for us as it comes to a conclusion. So let's just remember what's happened through the book of Zechariah. And there's this kind of progression through history in Zechariah. So he begins, of course, with Zechariah encouraging his contemporaries to rebuild the temple. And then a little bit after that, they're going to rebuild the city. So back in about 500 BC, they are rebuilding the city. And there's these great visions to encourage them to keep on going and keep on building because God is with them. But then as the book goes through Zechariah, we find that in chapters 9 to 11, Zechariah gets his binoculars out and starts to look ahead into the future. And he looks, first of all, to the period 400 BC, 300, 200, 100, kind of a countdown, 4321. And he alludes to the conquering of Alexander the Great. He, he talks about the Maccabean revolt that is going to come um, before in about 200 BC. And then he starts to speak about the Messiah who will come, how he will be rejected, how he will be pierced, how people will look upon him and mourn as they see him pierced, how the shepherd will be struck by the sword that is awakened by God, how a fountain will be opened for the people. And so this messianic perspective comes. And now as we get into chapter 14, Zechariah is getting his, not his binoculars, but his telescope out. And he's looking into the distant future after the first century BC, uh, AD, after Jesus' uh, life and death and resurrection and ascension, looking ahead into the church age, looking ahead into the end of times when Christ will return at the end. As it talks about in verse six, the day of the Lord. And so we're looking ahead now. And as Joshua explained yesterday in chapter 14, really, he's speaking to start with about how God will judge, how he will judge first the Jews and then the Gentiles, the nations. He will bring judgment. But that judgment is for a purpose. It is so that he can build something new, create something new. It's a bit like that he has to purge first in order to refine and bring forth his pure people. 
it's a bit like this. When we started the building project at the old school um, a few uh, weeks ago now, uh, there was a lot of mess created. There was dust everywhere, bricks everywhere, just mess everywhere. It was a, it was a, things were ripped up and destroyed. Uh, and same with our house as well. Uh, now, only yesterday, Josh and I were able to start uh, creating some a clean space in our office, our new office. And we were able to start removing the dust and rebuilding and recreating. And that's what the builders are doing at the building now. They've started to put floor down. They're starting to rebuild things. And as my builder once said to me, uh, in order to have an omelette, you first have to crack the egg. And so there's mess before there is something new. And so it is with this. So Joshua, Zechariah is saying that, first of all, God has to judge, but it is so that he can build something new. And so what we find is, and this is what I want to look at as we finish, the wonderful things that God is going to do after judgment uh, to replace the things that he has destroyed. And he is building his church. He is building the new Jerusalem, the true people of God. And we see four incredible blessings in this passage, four amazing things that God is doing. We should be encouraged, by the way, that it is all God's work. It is he who is building and he, he is the one who is fighting for us. But there are four blessings that we find or three blessings, really. And then a final conclusion. And the first is and they all begin with R in my uh, scheme. The first is that the Jerusalem will be raised. The city will be raised up. This city on a hill it talks about here in this passage will be raised up above the other hills at the moment, Jerusalem is kind of set in amongst taller hills, but there will come a time when Jerusalem will be raised up so that it can be seen from all around. It is a picture of a city that is um, the city on a hill that cannot be hidden, a people who will be visible. As it tells us in uh, Isaiah uh, chapter two, it tells us there that uh, God will raise up his mountain, his holy mountain. It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be lifted up above the hills and all the nations shall flow to it. God's church, though it is currently obscure, though it is currently insignificant, though it is currently dwarfed by bigger cities and bigger uh, uh, forces. Actually, God's city will be raised up and exalted and it will be seen by all. Uh, and so that's the first promise that we get. And then the second promise is that there will be a river running from this city. It talks here in these verses about this river that runs from the city. Let me just read some of Zechariah 14 to you. And it says there that on verse six, uh, verse uh, eight, it says on the on that day, living water will flow out from Jerusalem, half to the eastern sea and half to the western sea in summer and winter. And then it says the Lord will be king over the whole earth. And on that day, there will be one Lord. And in his name, the his name is the only name. And then it says the whole land from Geba to Rimon, south of Jerusalem will become like the Arabah, but Jerusalem will be raised up 
and remain in its place from the Benjamin gates, the side of the first gates to the corner gate and from the tower of Hamel to the royal wine presses. It will be inhabited. Never again will, will it be destroyed. Jerusalem will be secure. And so we've seen that this city is raised up. We've seen, secondly, that there is this river that flows from this city. And of course, that's a picture that we find in the Bible, isn't it? Although the city of Jerusalem physically, literally didn't have a river, doesn't have a river running through it. The rivers, the water comes from springs underneath the city. There is this picture and we find it, for example, in Ezekiel, don't we? How there's going to be a, a, a river flowing out from under the city of God and it will be a river that will be for the cleansing of the nations. It will be a river that will bring life, that will flow into the sea, that will become deeper and deeper. And the creatures will swarm and live on it. And on the banks of the river, there will be all kinds of trees for food. And so this gospel will be like a river. The Holy Spirit will be poured out like a river to bring healing to the nations. And so it's dramatic, isn't it, that Jesus one day then stands in the city of Jerusalem and he says to the people, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. For whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Folks, we can have those rivers of living water flowing through us, flowing through us as his church, flowing through us as we meet as his people, the river of God, the Holy Spirit coming and flowing from us to bring healing to the nations. The third and final thing we see in this passage is that there is a ruler. The city is raised up. There is a river flowing from it and there is a ruler who is established. It tells us in verse nine, the Lord will be king over all the earth. On that day, the Lord will be one and his name the Lord will be one and his name one. So we see here that God will be highly exalted. He will be the ruler over all. He will be exalted above every name that is uh, known. Uh, every knee will bow before his name. He will be the ruler. I was thinking of the story in J.R. Tolkien. And we know in the return of the king that Aragorn is... Um, crowned as the new king and the words that are, that are described for Aragorn could be ascribed to Jesus and perhaps Tolkien intended them to be because listen to these wonderful words all that beheld him gazed in silence for it seemed to them that he was revealed to them now for the first time tall he stood above all that were near ancient of days he seemed and yet in the flower of manhood and wisdom sat upon his brow and strength and healing were in his hands and a light was about him. And then up went the cry, behold the king, behold the king, the Lord of all. And therefore, as a result of this, we can read in this passage that is that Jerusalem will be inhabited. Never again will it be destroyed. 
Jerusalem will be secure because he is our king, because he rules over all. We will be secure. The, the church will be inhabited. It will be full. The people of God will be secure. We can be secure because we belong already to that city where the river flows, where there is peace where actually it, the city will eventually be exalted above everything else and his church will be the bride. It will be the wonderful thing that we read about in, in Revelation that will be at the centre of the climax of history. So let us pray together as we finish. Lord, we thank you for Zechariah. We thank you for these promises of the future where your church will be raised up where the river will flow and where the ruler will reign. And we pray, Lord, that we would now enjoy the benefits of that city already, that we would feel that we belong, that we would know that your river flows through us. I pray today that we would have your spirit flowing through us. I pray that today we would know that you are ruler over your church. I pray today that we would be confident that we inhabit your city and we can be secure because we belong to you and we belong to your people. I pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us. So tomorrow, I think Joshua's going to round this out and then we're going to bring Zachariah to conclusion. So well done for persevering through it and uh, have a great day. Bye-bye.